Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to give you an update about some retreats that I am thinking of holding. I am so excited about getting back to having retreats, and it's just like been a part of my life that feels like it's been missing since we started with this whole pandemic situation. So one thing that I really responded to, if you know anything about me, I'm a manifesting generator. I've been trying to live into my response and just not try to push. And part of the message that I'm here to communicate to the world is about patience and surrender. And funnily enough, the patience and surrender are the hardest things for me to live into myself. So surrendering for me means surrendering to responding, which is the human design strategy for manifesting generators. And so one thing that I really responded to was when I posted a few weeks ago, as of the recording of this message, I posted on my Facebook that I had been living at the beach this summer. I had been doing a lot of beach time and I had been doing it all by myself, mostly by myself, because, you know, at the stage that I'm at, I don't have kids anymore that are at home. I do have a daughter that at home but she's 18 now and she has her own life going on and she doesn't want to come with me all the time. And my husband is way more interested in golf than the beach. And I tend to have friends that are either really involved with, you know, family that's getting married and they have grandchildren and all of those kind of things. Or I have friends who are really involved on the other side where they have a lot of, you know, kids at home, or at least they have some kids at home. And it's been just an interesting summer for me being in the middle. So I don't know if any of you feel like you're in the middle, but I'm in the middle. I don't have grandchildren. I don't have any married children. I don't even have any weddings to plan at this point. And so it's very strange. And I feel like what's next, like family wise, I don't feel like there's a lot to focus on. Like my kids at this point, it doesn't feel like they really need me so much, right? They don't need me as much. Um, My daughter's taking a gap year. I think she's trying to figure some things out. I don't even need to go move her to college this year. It's just a very interesting year. It's been an interesting time for me to reflect what does it look like when I now have this extra time to myself and this extra time to focus on myself and the extra time to focus on my health and my business. And I don't have the distraction of kids. And, you know, sometimes actually I like that excuse of, oh, you know, I can't really focus on my health or I can't focus on my business because my kids need me. Like there's stuff going on. I need to, uh, whatever the school stuff was, whatever it was, right? I always felt like that was a great excuse. Anyway, so I've been spending time at the beach by myself because I'm in this middle place and I've been contemplating what this next phase looks like. And so I was talking on Facebook about this beach alone time and how beautiful this stretch of beaches in Marquette, Michigan. And one of my clients posted under there, she said, maybe you should invite other people to come up there with you and have a retreat and share your your space of sand. And I responded in such a great way to that, that this is my first, I'm voicing it first here that I am going to be doing a retreat in 2022 in Marquette, Michigan. I used to think that holding retreats in the summer nobody was going to come to those because everybody's busy with their family. But what I wasn't remembering is most 
of my clients are in the stage of life I am in. And I'm now fully in that stage of life where I don't have kids to go on vacation with family to go on vacation with in the summer. I mean, yeah, I will, but it's not like I need to focus so much on it's the kids summer vacation. And this is my vacation before school starts because this is another weird thing. School, when it starts, it doesn't affect me this year. I think that is super strange. So anyways, what I want to say is I'm excited. I've started exploring the places, the uh, rentals that could be here. My idea of having a summer beach retreat is to have a fun space for women to come together um, where we all stay in one place and we have beach time, fireside chat time, hiking time, art time, journaling time. And I'm just starting the the ideas for this. So it's going to be super fun. Marquette is a beautiful place to come in the summer. I am super excited to tell you about that as it comes together. So let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you are meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turvo. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. So today I have Kelly Hogue as my guest. And before I tell you who Kelly is, I just want to say the Gene Keys is something that I've studied in conjunction with human design. I found the Gene Keys after I found human design. It's sort of another rabbit hole to go down. Um, The Gene Keys show you some interesting things, and I'm going to let Kelly explain some of that stuff in our conversation today. But that's why I was drawn to having her on because... I do use the Gene Keys in my work with my clients, and I use the Gene Keys in the teachings that I do about how to use human design with your business. The Gene Keys is always in the background for me because I understand that there's a deeper layer there that helps. So today, I want to introduce you to Kelly Hogue, who she helps women connect to their own inner voice. She's someone who has wrestled with Christianity and all the conditioning that comes with it. She helps women rebuild their foundation from the inner voice level. She's a certified life coach and an inner voice facilitator who is trauma informed. She helps her clients with deconditioning, healing past trauma, and creating a life built on self trust. So let's listen in to my conversation with Kelly Hogue. Hi, Kelly. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So I'm curious if you could tell us, like, how did you first find out about me? Because I think that the first time I met you was when you came to one of my sessions. Yes. So I, what was it? I had already started learning about human design. And then the fact that you were a life coach and we went to the life coach school together. And then you also knew about human design and I had already kind of gone down the rabbit hole. And so I was like, maybe she would be perfect to how (laughs) can I integrate human design coaching? Yeah. Everything that I'm interested in. Yeah, it was super fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was super fun. Because of course, I had really so many sessions after that. And then your name came up again, with another coach that we were both are involved with Sarah Trapkis was 
telling me, hey, let's have Kelly Hogg talk about Gene Keys. Well, then I was like, I didn't know Kelly Hogg does Gene Keys. Like I had no idea. So, oh, this is going to be so fun. So today I thought it would be super fun. You and I got on the phone and talked about a lot of things. We talked about religion and Gene Keys and human design. So I'm like, this is just a mishmash of all of that. (laughs) And like, I just, I'm curious in all of your experiences about religion, right? Because we brought that to the forefront. And also, and I think there's some shared things between us there. And then I'm curious about the gene keys and like how, you know, how do you bring that to your clients, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Where do you want to start with that? That's a lot of stuff. Well, just tell us what you do first. I'm curious. Like what? Yeah. So I'll tell you what I do first. Um, So real quick, my last name is Hogue, even though it looks like Hawk, but Awesome. Sorry. Clarify. <laughs> I probably have heard you say that before and I just didn't, it didn't register. Kelly so Hogue. My clients, yes. I um, help Christian women live from their inner voice. So what I do is in Christianity, a lot of times we're always looking out. We're always looking outwards and yeah. we learn to, and I don't think it's intentional, but we learn to kind of not trust ourselves and not really listen to um, our own inner knowing. And in Christianity, they would maybe call it the Holy ghost or the spirit. Yeah. And I've kind of, I love the word inner voice because that's how I experience it. I experience it as an inner voice. So I help all of my clients connect to their inner voice, start learning to build that foundation of self-trust. And we go through everything. We go through religious deconditioning, really restarting and rebuilding their foundation from the inner voice level, which kind of takes away all the distractions of culture, policy, man-made rules, and really helps you own your experience. Yeah, that I like when you said religious deconditioning, because at least in the religion I grew up in, it feels like you're just told you should. I I feel like there's a culture and I'm not sure everybody believes this. Right. I just want to say that (laughs) where the, the culture I grew up in, I took this to be my perspective of like, oh, if we start thinking for ourselves, and there's some kind of questioning or wondering (laughs) about why this thing is like that. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to believe that. Then we're told like, well, that's just, you know, that's the devil, or maybe you should (laughs) pray harder or, you know, listen more in on the sermons or come around us more off. Right. It's like, it's almost not taught that you should really go within (laughs) and find out what you think. You know, do you agree? There is so much fear, shame, and guilt in religion. And it's not coming from God. It's just man-made cultural rules that really, it's like we, we try to overcompensate with rules because we're afraid, you know? And I think that's where Christianity, and I, I would still consider myself Christian, but that's where I feel like we've missed the mark of really trusting ourselves, really believing that we're inherently good and that we're inherently seeking light and we're seeking knowledge and truth. And kind of when you change that perspective versus what sometimes we're told that we're naturally sinful, naturally evil, naturally, like we can't trust ourselves and we can't trust our desires. It's just frankly, not true. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Can't trusting. Yeah. Not trusting ourselves. I mean, we're taught, I feel like in a big way, (laughs) it's like, well, 
that might be the devil talking to you. Like, don't trust anything that your inner voice is saying, because who knows? It's probably not even your voice, you know, right. What is that? That, you know, that brings up a lot. So a lot of my clients are coming from very rigid Christian backgrounds and they're like, they're so interested in learning how to hear from God, how to hear from themselves, to be able to trust themselves. But there is so much fear there. And the first step is really recognizing your head voice and your inner voice and seeing the difference. And so in my sessions, I help my clients discern the difference between, okay, this is your ego, your head voice, Mm -hmm. and then your inner voice and how they sound completely different and how one lives in fear and judgment and scarcity and is always looking for trying to help you survive, trying to protect you. Mm -hmm. And the other one is your inner voice is coming from abundance, love, wisdom, knowledge, peace. And when you experience the difference a spiritual awakening starts to occur. That's amazing. Cause I still think about, Oh, I had so much when you just said that I had so many thoughts, like, Oh, I want to tell you all of the things. Tell me all the things. (laughs) There's so many things. So one thing I was listening to a podcast this morning, of course, I'm always listening to like these cult podcasts. And this one was called what's religion versus cult, right? It was super, a super fascinating discussion. But one of one of the things I think the person who had the podcast in there said was, if we believe that God made us right, God created us, why would God create you the way you are, where you have your own ideas, and where you have your own thoughts, and where you really are taught to like, look at things from different directions and question things and have you know, and and human design shows us that that's where our head center is. It's questioning. It's all about questioning why, what, where, who, right. But when we're taught that we shouldn't question, we should just go along with this thing. Why would God create you? Why would God create your brain the way it is? Why would God create your, your energy the way it is where it's like, you just have a feeling, you know, how we have this feeling if we're in touch with ourselves, when we know something isn't for us, why would God create you that way? (laughs) If you're just supposed to follow along with some kind of right belief system. Yeah. Somewhere along the line in Christianity, we've gotten into this box, this one size cookie cutter, one size fits all box. And it's become instead of maybe a guideline, it's become legal. It's become rule. It's become, Uh. this is the way. And And that's just what happens when you get a group of humans together. There is an ego that is formed when you have a group of people who believe a certain thing. We see it in politics. We see it in religion. We see it in any sort of group that comes together for a certain purpose. Rules will start to form and hierarchy will start to form. And it's just all part of the human experience. Yeah. And acceptable behavior. (laughs) I feel like, especially in religions, right? It's like, well, here's what's acceptable and here's what's not. Even if it's not, if they say there's no written rules, you can feel what the written, what the rules really are if you're in the group. And if you don't do something in accordance with that, how there's so much judgment and shame and 
I feel like that's the part where they're trying to keep you in the group. You know, that shame and judgment is about keeping you in the group. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, I'm not, you know, I've just thought, thought so much about this for so long. It's just like, I don't know how can we have, and I've like, I love community. I want to have community. You know, how can we have a community where all the individuals are acceptable and all the, you know, I don't know, like that's such a fascinating I thought. <laughs> love this topic. And it's something that I also think about all the time. Yeah. And it really comes down to trusting your own inner authority. And then mm. also when you trust your own inner authority, you give that room mm. for other people to trust theirs. Yeah. And that's what we're missing. That's what we're missing in Christianity is trusting our own inner authority, trusting our own inner voice and stop comparing. When we live in the mindset, our mind is constantly comparing to say like, what is my neighbor doing? What is this person doing? How are they able to do this and still feel culturally accepted? And we're, we're always looking for the how. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, that's, I think that it creates a culture of judgment. Yes. Religion creates a culture of judgment because you know what's acceptable. And then you're looking at these people going, wait a minute, they're doing that, right? We start to just j- automatically start judging everybody. <laughs> it's just how it is, right? And it's super yes. fascinating. It doesn't feel good ever, <laughs> right? To judge. And we know it doesn't feel good. We may not have the tools or the awareness or the um, establishment of our own inner authority, our own inner yeah. voice. To be yeah. able to make those changes. So that's what yeah. a lot of the work I do is really sharing and teaching and advocating for your own inner authority. Yeah. And when you feel confident, I, I have this thought too, sometimes that, you know, I feel like a lot of the people who are in there judging, they're just not confident in who they are either. Like they aren't listening to their authority, right? It's much easier to go outside and look at whatever else is doing wrong than to really tune into yourself. And think, okay, well, how do I want to live? Like, and I want to feel confident and acceptable to myself first. Like, how can you accept yourself first? How you can't accept other people if you haven't accepted yourself. So I I dream of this place, right? This community, because that's the favorite part for me of religion was the community. I'm like, there's community. And I like some of the traditions, right? Where I think it just goes off the rails sometimes, you know, in making us feel so guilty for thinking for ourselves and really, or even having questions about, well, I'm not sure that that's true for me, at least not true for me. Right. And then it's just like, well, I don't think, are you sure you even go to church anymore? You know, and then people start questioning, or are you even Christian? Do you believe in God? Like all the stuff, right. And that's where the fear is. And I think we don't even leave room for that question. And I think if we left room for that question, where is this true for you? Or is it true for me? And can they be different? We don't need room for that at all. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's the one size. This is the way we do it. This is the way we've always done it. But I also think the, the key to the world you're speaking of is really just having awareness of the ego, awareness of your mind. And I think if, if in religion, we were able to become more aware of when our ego is activated and running our lives, so much would shift. But right now in Christianity, in other religions, it's like, we don't even realize that the thoughts in our head are not even us. That's not the core of who we are. That's just 
our perception, our lived experience, um, yeah. trauma, all the, all the things, a lot of conditioning, right? All the conditioning. Yeah. 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 So when you feel this, right, both of us teach about like feeling into what it is, what's right for you. Who are you? What's right for you? When you feel into that and it, it feels good to you yet. You have the, the thought, Oh, but I should, <laughs> oh, I should, or I was taught or so-and-so is not going to like this, right? All of those, those are just, that's where the conditioning field is. And that, you know, you, you form your behaviors in order to belong to something. I mean, that's how we're taught as children, right? Our parents, it's great. Like they, and I think everybody has their best intention about guiding you and whatnot, but I feel like we get off the path of knowing what's right for us, because now we're just so used to, well, to be in this group, we have to follow these behaviors. So, you know, that's that conditioning part, right? And that's where our brain comes in and tells us, no, this is wrong, (laughs) right? Because we're just conditioned to believe it's wrong. Right. And it's it's (laughs) over time, we've learned to betray ourselves, self-betrayal at its core. And that's what we're unlearning. That's what we're deconditioning from is that self betrayal to then self-trust. Yeah. And I heard um, Karen Curry Parker said, she says it over and over again, that trauma is really, I mean, this is not big trauma. This is, I don't know what she calls it. Tiny trauma, whatever, little T trauma, little T trauma. Yeah. It's more, it's about like you not being able to be fully yourself. Like that's traumatic. That's where pain comes from is you trying not to be yourself. Like you like ignoring who you truly are. And it's yeah, just so when sad. we deny parts of ourselves, yeah, that causes little T trauma over time. Yeah. And it causes all kinds of other problems then, right? Like health issues, a lot of health issues I think are just caused because we're ignoring, you know, we're not living out who we truly are here to be. And that's a whole nother rabbit hole. <laughs> but as we're talking about this, so how do you use the gene keys in your work? Or what is the gene keys? Like, what do you look at? the gene keys as like, what are they? So I use the gene keys as almost parameters or guidelines for my own personal alignment. I can Mm. see different areas of my life where the gene keys comes into play. I can see my shadow frequency patterns and I can even feel them. So I use it as I live my life. I then whenever I'm in any sort of place where I'm looking for clarity, I will consult my inner voice first. And then after the inner voice, I will go to the gene keys to help provide language for what I'm experiencing in my life. So Mm -hmm. I use it as, as a tool for language to, to show what I'm experiencing, but also to help me stay in alignment. Yeah. I love the fact that gene keys provides even like it shows you the shadow sides, but it shows you that gift side of like, here's language. I mean, it feels so good sometimes to read that gift part, like, oh, ooh, <laughs> like this is, if I was in a higher state of this gift, I would be feeling this or higher state of this gate, let's say, or I don't know what this is, the jinkies call it. Placements, yeah. gates, yeah, gene, gene keys. Yeah, they call it the gene keys. But to me in human design, it's the gates. So the gates are equal to the gene keys, whatever. Right. Because I found it so fascinating that in the gene keys, my pearl is 32, which the shadow is fundamentalism. I was like, oh, that's interesting. 
<laughs> right? I could totally see. I mean, that's where it just really, the gene keys, I think, give you this awareness of here's might be some reasons that you're not feeling fulfilled or you're not feeling in alignment or you're not right. When you have the fundamentalist one narrow minded, <laughs> like this is the way it is. <laughs> There's no going outside of that. Right. It kind of this shows your pattern of behavior. But yeah. Because, for example, because you experience the fundamentalist side of it, you also experience the gift side. So it's like, because you experience that lower frequency, you have the ability to tap into that gift. Yes. And And instead of seeing it as like, oh man, why am I like that? It's like, no, it's perfect that you're like that because on the other side of it, once you can embrace and accept and move through it the gift is on the other side and it's just so beautiful. And it's, it helps take away the shame, guilt, and fear. And that there's a purpose, there's a purpose in the plan. Yeah. I find that with human design too. So we can, I mean, Gene Keys for my listeners who know about human design and not Gene Keys, like Gene Keys take the gates and Richard Rudd has come up with like this beautiful flowery language. (laughs) In some cases, I'm like, what does that word mean? (laughs) Right? It's like, it can be really deep, right? But it's, it's like a place to contemplate how you're moving through your life in the in like relationships and in like the work you're here to do, right? The Venus sequence is about relationships. Yeah, all of that fun, like, where's your core wound? It's just super fascinating journey. And I just think, yeah, it's a great tool. It's a great tool to learn, to learn about and to teach. And I just do human design stuff, but some occasionally I dip into the jinkies with my clients because some of them are way more curious than others. Like we go down that rabbit hole, you know, but um, yeah, I think, so how have you used the jinkies at all with your clients for religious things or like for those that are coming out of this whatever their, their, their religious trauma. Have you, how have you used it for that? Yeah. So I okay. use the keys. I introduced the gene keys to pretty much everyone yeah. I talk to, <laughs> but it really is just such great awareness of like who you are, where you're going, yeah. learning to trust yourself, learning to like most people, when I go through their, their profile for the gene keys, there's an inner knowing it's almost mm-hmm. like, Oh, I knew that about myself, just like human design. It's like you're giving language for what you've already have lived and experienced. And you've seen both sides, you've seen the shadow, you've seen the gift in your life. And then it really just brings more awareness to, you know, where in your life does it apply with my clients? It's, it's helps build that self-trust. Yeah. It just confirms what they're already experiencing. Yeah. It's like a reminder of who you are. Cause I think so, so many of us, we get off the path of we're just doing all the rules of life, right? Well, this is the way life is. This is the way we've learned to be successful, or this is the way that so-and-so does it, or this is the way we were taught. And we're so far off the path of who we truly are. So to come back to that language of saying, oh, like when I first found out about the jinkies and all the shadows, I read through all the shadows of my jinkies and it was super fascinating. I'm like, oh yeah, I can see all of these behaviors, you know, all of them. But then it was also amazing to look at the other side of it. Like, oh, and what if I lived into the gift of this? Like, this is something I'm here to experience also and to show others, right? This is also a gift I have 
to help other people with whatever, whatever that particular thing is. So I just love the gene keys for that. That's cool. (laughs) Thank you for talking about that. (laughs) Yeah. So I, and the last thing I wanted to tie in here is you are a projector, right? And in human design, so you're a projector. I'm curious to know, have you gotten that balance that we say for projectors of work and rest, or have you figured out a way to make your, your business work around this projectorness (laughs) of the, (laughs) yeah, it it is challenging for me, but it all, everything in my life comes back to self-trust. I have to trust myself. I have to lean into what I'm feeling. I have to trust that the things that are meant for me are always coming to me. And when in my business, especially there have been times where I may hit an emotional wall and my inner voice is tells me to rest and I need to rest. And so if you're into Enneagram at all, I am a three. No, I'm actually don't know much about Enneagram. I should go check it out because everybody asks that question. Do you know anything about Enneagram? Basically I'm a high achiever. I, in in human design, I have ambition drive. Oh yeah. main gates. So it is very hard for me to rest. And then as a projector, we're highly conditioned to keep up with the rest of the world and to perform and to hustle. And we can hustle and grind with the best of them, but so (laughs) depleting to our spirits. Like our spirit needs that rest, that inward dive. I'm a one, three. So research is so important for me to have time to study and to get lost in my study. Yeah. And so it really comes down to, I trust myself and I trust what I'm feeling. And it's taken year. It's taken a Mm. while to learn that skill. And it's something I'm always practicing where I may feel that, oh, I can't do that. You know, I can't take a break. I can't rest. But then I notice and the three I'm, you know, the three, I experiment Yeah, do good things happen when I rest. And yes, every single time I listen to my body and listen to my inner authority, Hey, it's time to rest. Some I'll get invited. I'll the next person, my next client will come in. And that's really like the experimenting and the trust. It just, it just continues. And then it continues to affirm my strategy and authority in human design and continue to affirm like, oh, I am a projector. I am here to guide people, but not in the way that the world would tell me hustle and hustle and hustle. Yeah. And it's because I'm a projector, people are drawn to me. Yes. It's interesting about projectors is that, you know, I've learned when projectors around are around generator types, they can even work harder than the generators, right? Because they are taking that out the power of the sacral and amplifying it. And they're like, Woo, right. And they feel, but yeah. that's can be depleting, right? So, it's, so I, I was, when I learned about projectors and I was thinking about the people I know who are projectors, I was like, wait a minute, they seem like really hard, right? But some of my clients who are projectors have come to me totally burned out right? So it's interesting. And I feel like that's, that's the challenge of being a projector living in a generator type society, right? Generator world type of thing. It's just like, can we all trust when we need to rest? Even me as a manifesting generator, I take rests. Like I need to rest too. I need to like really feel when is it time I can burn myself out just as well. 
Um, and all of us can, it doesn't matter what our type is. There's different ways we can burn ourselves out depending on what's in our chart, but yeah. So just listening. I love that. We're bringing this full circle, listening to our inner voice, which is what you were talking about at the beginning. Yes. It's like, can we trust ourselves to know that? And, and can we trust in the abundance of life? And, and that just because we are in a down cycle of rest or, or restoration, for instance, that things will still come in, that we're prosperous and abundant, regardless of whether we're working really, really hard hustling, right? The hustle culture. It's not for, I don't think the hustle culture is good for anybody, truthfully, but yeah, we don't trust. It's it's a big part of both your work and my work, right? It's helping people trust. (laughs) It's hard. I love also for the team keys and human design. I, there's also a strategic component to structuring my business as a projector. Mm. I structure my business in a way that is in alignment with my with my human design and my gene keys. And so there's strategy there. There's strategy to where I'm like, I may take a certain amount of clients and then I may, you know, go into a study period. So it's like knowing that knows it helps me structure my business to where I don't get burned out. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. And you're a line one and a projector. I'm a line one too, right? I have a one four, but so I know the line one, the curiosity and the the need to go deep and the need to build the foundation of information. It's very important. That's part of our purpose here as line ones, but also the projectors, they're just naturally learners too, you know, cause they're here to guide the work, right? So they're always learning and <laughs> so they can guide. So yeah, it's just a beautiful combination, really. <laughs> this line one projectors, <laughs> they're awesome. Yes, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so where, so if anybody wanted to find out more about what you do or where they, where can they find you? Just tell us that. What's, you can what you find me then? on Instagram at okay. Kelly Hogue Coaching. I am going through a transition process right now where I'm actually going to be launching another iteration of my business with mm. um, two other amazing coaches with their own unique specialties, but That's I exciting. still, you know, <laughs> clients for Gene Keys or yeah. for inner voice or religious deconditioning, self-trust, all of that. So you can find me on Kelly Hope coaching on Instagram or on Facebook. Oh, so I'm curious about this new iteration. So you're going to talk about on Instagram. Yes. Eventually we will make an announcement. Very exciting. It's all being led by my inner voice. And it's just Mm -hmm. been incredible to see this business form and partners coming into my life. And I'm using my strategy and authority. Like They've come yeah. into my life through invitation. It's amazing. Been, it would yeah. blow. It blows my mind. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That's what if we just could live? I always say this, like, what if you just surrendered to your strategy and your authority? Life would be a lot easier, but we don't do that because then our head comes in, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> it's the unknown, but then there's the trust. So it's yeah. like, I do not know the day to day, but everything that is meant for you is coming for you. So I know. Yes. And it, I have, I have had periods of time where you live in trust for a while and it's like, Oh, oh this is amazing. And, and something boots you out of there. again. <laughs> you're yeah. out of alignment again. And then you're over there with your ego and your head and all that. And then you're like, wait a minute, when did I, it's almost, it's so sneaky, right? Sneakily you get up, out of alignment again. So it's a constant like process of deconditioning and bring yourself back in and and it can be fun too in a way like it's an adventure I I look at it as an adventure I'm like none none of it is wrong nothing's wrong 
<laughs> we're just experiencing some things. So thank you so much, Kelly, for coming. Like this was super fun. I loved it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.